0: Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from 25 years of -of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg.
2: And my name is Susan Kallenberg.
1: And once again, we'd like to welcome you to this series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? And
2: we are on Program 24, coming out of Egypt, Part 8. We've been noticing in this series how man behaves as he is infected with fear and selfishness.
1: And, of course, how God behaves in trying to cure us. You know, the Bible can be looked at as a book of do's and don'ts, or it can be looked at... As a medical record, medical history, on a bunch of rebellious patients
2: running from God, running from and God, and from the cure, and from
1: the cure, and, how, <laughs> and the
2: doctor chasing after them, and
1: treating their, and trying their to illness. take vengeance out on their disease, and not on them, not as on people. Them, but to trying to take vengeance on the disease, and they right. just won't let him, and so you know the medical records are there, you can read them. Right. There's a few, you know, in Hebrews 11, that uh, that allowed God to. To do his work.
2: Like Rahab.
1: Yeah. Right. She was a harlot. Like David. David,
2: a murderer, an adulterer. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon.
1: Uh mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you can go on and on about those that refused the treatment. Right. And those that accepted it, you know.
2: And that's what that's what you're right, it's like a medical book. It's yeah. opening up the medical history of who um chose to be healed and those that refused refused the remedy. Refused the remedy. Yeah, right. who's
1: the remedy? Jesus Christ is the remedy, isn't he?
2: Yeah, his ways, his principles, his life.
1: Are healing. Right. They're just healing to the human mind. It
2: changes you. It creates in you a new creature if you behold him correctly.
1: Perfect love casts out fear. That's right. Susan, would you begin with a word of prayer?
2: Yes. Lord, we just thank you for another opportunity to talk about um, the principles that you run this universe on, that um, it's not like we do as people and as men and women but you are higher than our ways. And Lord, we just ask that you would send your spirit to guide and to direct our words. And um, may um, this truly be a blessing and a, an acknowledgement of who you are and, and what you're about. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, if we can remember that God is the great physician, we can look at the Bible through that lens and that he is the great physician, that we're his patients. It'll be a great help to us in understanding who God is and what he's trying to accomplish as he's dealing with patients that are deviant from his original design.
2: Right, because we've all all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. We have a medical condition that needs a remedy. You know, the human brain is just that. It's a brain infected with fear and selfishness, always wanting to choose the path of least resistance. The fear and selfishness run so deep, and it seems we can only escape it for a moment or two.
1: You feel like you're wandering in the wilderness like the children of Israel? You know, it may not be so much that we don't trust God as it may may be that the God that we are trusting in the back of our minds is untrustworthy. What, what we're trying to do in this series is to cast out the fear by painting a picture of God that is not distorted, a picture of God who is that physician that we don't have to be afraid of.
2: Right. Is God saying to us, either you love me or I'll punish you, or is he saying, love me or I'll let you go?
1: If God's saying, love me or I'll punish you, he's violating one of the most important and fundamental laws of the universe, the law of love. Love can't be co- coerced, and threatening someone with punishment is coercion. Try it on your spouse. D- it doesn't work. Honey, you either love me or I'll...
2: Hmm. What?
1: Will that work on you?
2: It's not going to work it's on me. It's not going to work. <laughs> it
1: won't work. It'll just prove that you're a bully. Right. And you'll lose your spouse. Mm-hmm. God is not a bully.
2: No, and it's, it's not our lack of trust in God that's a problem. It's the lacked... It's the lack of God's character and the God that we trust that's a problem. So what does God do with those who don't love him, who go after other gods? You
1: know, and we talked about this in the last program, right at the end of the program. And um, it's, I mean, it, it's in the Bible quite a bit. But we're going to take a couple of, uh, of texts out of the book of Judges, uh, Judges 2.14. And um, notice the wording here. And the wrath of the LORD was burning against Israel, and he gave them up into the hands of those who violently took their property. Judges 3 8. So the wrath of the LORD was burning against Israel, and he gave them up into the hands of the king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel were his servants for eight years. Judges 6 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the LORD, and the LORD gave them up into the hands of Midian for seven years.
2: And so in Judges ten six, it says, And again, the children of Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord, worshiping the Baals and the gods of Amron and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moabs and the gods of the children of Amnon and the gods of the Philistines. They gave up the Lord, and they were servants to him no longer. And the wrath of the Lord was burning against Israel, and he gave them up. Into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Amnon, and I think I can liken that to when I was in my drug addiction for 25 years. There was, I think, many points along the way that that um, because I was unwilling to live according to the correct principles, that I was given up. Yeah. You know, and sometimes those giving up times, I ended up in jail. Yeah to suffer the consequences of my choices it's not that god was doing it to punish me he was saying if you choose to live this way then this, this this is what is going to happen
1: yeah that's what happens that's what god does with his children who choose not to love him he gives them up he withdraws his protections and the consequences are awful you know uh and so we're, what we're doing here is just painting a, a picture of God here um, letting the Bible interpret itself uh, when it comes to God's wrath sometimes we want to put our own human version on it and it makes God look like a giant cosmic bully see life on this planet without God's protection would be unbearable right and when he gives us up gives us over to our own desires it's ugly
2: and it's that definition you know human art human terminology says wrath is bad Mm -hmm. and and it's just it's god's giving you up
1: it's god because the consequences are so awful if you look back at judges god
2: never does give up until you've made that final choice and then he gives
1: you up he lets you go right he lets you he honors your choice of rebellion and you notice in judges as he gives them up they end up in the in the hands of the king of mesopotamia or they end up in midian or they end up where they should not be i ended up in a bar i ended up in i ended up where i should not be because of my rebellious choices right.
2: god is that god is that perfect father yeah that never wants to give his children up you know just like just like any human parent doesn't never. want to give their children up that they'll do anything to try to save them
1: but when there comes a time When that child is making, you know, old enough, now they're 24, 25, making their own decisions, and you got to let them go. And it's painful to watch the destruction, but it's a natural result, a natural consequence, and unnatural for the parent right to let him go
2: that's right so let's go back to moses and the and the commandments remember he's up on the mountain with god and we'll pick up the story again in exodus 34 and look at some more parallels with recovering from sin or recovering from addiction and coming out of egypt
1: okay so exodus 34:28 so he was there with the lord 40 days and 40 nights he neither ate n- neither ate bread nor drank water and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant the Ten Commandments.
2: When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he came down from the mountain. Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking to God.
1: Wow. So Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. Hmm. Why? What what's this glow? Now remember, we talked about it last time about God's name, as we went through Exodus, and we were coming out of we're coming out of Egypt, and the, all these processes, all these things are going on, and so we start to learn that Moses goes up the hill, and 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 something interesting is going to happen about he's he's it's going to be described as god's name right and what does that have to do with this glow
2: well in exodus 34 5 the lord it says the lord descended in the cloud and stood with him and there proclaimed the name of the lord so he
1: proclaims the name of the lord right. And if you look at the next verse it, it describes something and it's it's pretty interesting the lord is this is 34 6 the lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin.
2: And so according to this, what is the name of the Lord? It's his character traits. And what are they again?
1: Merciful, gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, faithfulness and and forgiveness.
2: So let's drop back a few verses and see what another name for God's gracious character traits is. Because evidently, the, it, it's these character traits that are making Moses' face glow. Yeah. Okay, so Exodus 33, 18 and 19. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord.
1: So, wow. So the glory of the Lord is synonymous with God's goodness, which is synonymous with the name of the Lord, which is synonymous with God's character. And so Moses stood in God's glory, in his in this beautiful, loving, kind character, and had an actual physical change to his appearance. And let's look at the actual account of what happened to make the face of Moses glow.
2: So Exodus thirty three twenty through 23. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you will shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen.
1: Wow, so he says, yeah, uh, my glory will pass by, and my goodness, my name, I will, I will pass by. See, it's this character that is so glorious that human beings cannot look upon it and live. It's this glory that is so bright that it's sometimes described as fire in the Bible. However, it does not consume molecules, and the. Brightness is not photons.
0: And that's it's,
2: right. It's it's a character of love, and it's so glorious that we can't even begin to comprehend it. It is the manifestation of infinite love. Remember the burning bush?
1: Remember the burning bush? That's right. Yeah. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame coming out of the middle of the bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not burning up. This is strange, he thought. Why isn't the bush burning up? I will go closer and see. When the Lord saw that Moses was coming closer, he called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He answered, Yes, here am I.
2: And God said, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so moses covered his face because he was afraid to look at god
1: you see this was not a fire that consumes molecules this was something far greater this was a small small small-scale revelation of the glory of god now we can see this theme throughout the bible of god's glory being so bright and wonderful that heavenly beings actually reside in it
2: right it's the unquenchable fires of love and truth which are eternal. Notice in the book of Daniel. Daniel 7, 9, and 10, I beheld till thrones were placed, and one one that was ancient of days did sit. His raiment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and the wheels thereof burning fire a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him.
1: Isn't this interesting that there are beings actually living in this fire, in this glory. You can just imagine and and see this, this, because God's glory, uh, the fires of truth and love, if you will. The purity. The purity of God is, you know, I mean, he's running the universe. Mm -hmm. He's he's life-giving, and it's this life-giving glory that in Daniel chapter 7, they're standing in. You know, we're told by many that the eternal fire is where you don't want to be, but as we Uh look closely at the Bible, the eternal fire or the everlasting burnings are the very presence of God himself.
2: So you want to be in the fire. Yeah. You know, we've, we've always been told, don't go, you know, hellfire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this, that, and that's that's not true. Fire. It,
1: it, it'll appear to the wicked that way. Right. You know, uh, it'll appeal, appear scary and stuff, but to the righteous, it's life-giving.
2: It's life-giving. Yeah. Let's see, Isaiah, and here we have the Bible backs it up. In Isaiah thirty three fourteen. the sinners in Zion are afraid. Their trim- trembling has seized the godless. Who among us shall dwell in the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? Isaiah thirty-three fifteen is the answer. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppression, who shakes his hands, lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on evil, he will dwell on the heights.
1: I, I You know what? I think we need to repeat the question and the answer. Who? The question is, who among us can dwell in everlasting burnings? And the answer is, he who walks righteously, and speaks uprightly. This fire, this glory, is terrifying to the wicked, but it is life-giving to all those who are in harmony with it.
2: That's right. So we can notice what this what this glory did to Nadab and
1: Abihu. You remember that uh, this, Nadab and Abihu?
2: Absolutely. So they were out of harmony with God. Everything that they had come to do, they were supposed to be priests and representatives of God, and they were doing nothing, but everything was for selfish gain.
1: Selfish gain, selfish reasons.
2: Right. And um, so they and they ended up going to the temple drunk.
1: Right, right. In fact, we can pick up the account here in Le- Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, and laid incense on it, and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord, and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. And Moses called Mishael, Elzaphan, the son of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near. Carry your brothers away from the front of the sanctuary and out of the camp. So they came near and they carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said.
2: That's right. One verse says that they were consumed, but the next verse says that they were carried out in their coats. This fire, this glory does not consume molecules, it consumes sin. If we hold on to sin, then when God returns, everything back to normal we will be consumed
1: see god is not the enemy sin is the wages of sin is death sin when it's full grown brings forth death you know he who souls to the carnal nature from that nature reaps destruction this planet's very dark right now it's not normal i mean we look at it we think everything's normal it's not normal selfishness and fear are the prevailing powers and when selfishness and fear are the prevailing powers God has to veil his glory just so that we're not consumed right but soon truth and love will be the prevailing powers everything will be returned back to normal
2: so why is this so important it's because of our picture of God will determine our own state of being you become like that which you worship and admire what we are doing is painting a picture of God that if you don't that you don't have to be afraid of him.
1: Yeah, the the it's a biblically sound picture using the Bible to interpret itself. Uh, this is so important in recovery or any kind of healing for that matter. If you're afraid of the doctor, you don't go to him for healing. What kind of doctor threatens his patients with torture if they don't come to him? Let's take another look at a Bible text looking through this new lens.
2: So let's look at Revelation 14:9. And another angel, a third, followed them saying with a loud voice, "If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger.
1: Now let, let's stop right there. okay what have we determined biblically what God's wrath is? It, Giving it's, his children up
2: Right and right. he and he correct.
1: Okay, so let's pick up the text here now.
2: okay. And he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb
1: okay so it doesn't say hell it says in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb it also doesn't say tortured it says tormented what is torment it's mental these people are out of harmony with god and so the fires of truth and love are tormenting mental anguish to them they've spent their lives in rejections of god's love and now, if we can use a cliche, the truth hurts.
2: That's right. They're seen in its full glory. The love of God is there. Yeah. So Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. It doesn't say that they're tormented forever. It says that the smoke goes up forever. This, of course, is like most other things that we've read in Revelation. It's a metaphor. Is there really going to be smoke going up forever in God's pure universe?
1: No, let's look at the metaphor. What is smoke in regards to fire? It's the byproduct. What will be the byproduct of this horrific event of God giving his children up and allowing them to suffer the consequences of their own choice? That byproduct will be the memory, the memory of God, the great physician who has done everything he possibly could for his children, and they still rejected him how sad
2: I love to read the scripture Matthew 23 37 Jerusalem Jerusalem you killed the prophets and stone the messengers God has sent you how many times I wanted to put you in my arms put my arms around all your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you would not let me just picture God giving his rebellious children one last hug but what happens Well,
1: Hebrews 12 29 our God is a consuming fire. Right. Yeah. So what's the good news in all this? Well, if we're walking with Jesus, the glory is life-giving. It's not harmful at all. Um, we can notice that in the book of Daniel. And for the sake of time, we're going to go through Daniel here and condense it a little bit rather quickly. But do you remember the story when uh, Daniel and the, and the three Hebrews Not Daniel, just Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fiery furnace. By
2: King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah.
1: And what happened? Uh, In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25, uh, Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he says, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. See, so they're walking with Jesus. In the fire. In the fire. Right. And you'll notice that uh, Nebuchadnezzar he comes forth and he and he looks in the furnace and he says and he says to them, "I see the three come forth from the midst of the fire." And in Daniel three twenty seven it says, "And the princes and the governors and the cabinets, captains and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them."
2: So the thing is, the wages of sin is death, yeah. and the gift of God is eternal
1: life. So these guys, these three Hebrews, are standing in the very glory of God, walking, and they're not the a hair on their head is not singed. It did not even, you couldn't even smell fire on their clothes or anything. And so they're, and Nebuchadnezzar's blown away. He looks in there and he sees, wow, they're walking with Jesus, and there's this glory, this brightness. And It's unbelievable they're not burned up. That's right. It's life-giving. It's life-giving glory. Right. You know, some days, folks, we'll stand with Christ in that life-giving glory of God, and it won't harm us, but we'll have the mind of Christ. We'll love others more than self. You know, it, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. As, as the Bible says, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you're new to the program, you can go to our website and listen to programs that have already been aired. Just go to www.justasiamministries.org. Click the Listen Now button. Um, You can also give us a call at 916-645-1297. We have some free resources. Just give us a call. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you... Have the freedom to choose
0: thank you for listening to freedom to choose in the series the kingdom of God what went wrong with the human brain if you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom Rich and Susan Cullenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven step biblically based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.